0: Hey everybody, welcome to Could It Be, an Oak Island podcast. This episode was a very special episode that we recorded live with Steve Guptill, and we just want to let you know that it might be different than our typical podcast, right?
1: Yeah, it might sound a little bit different just because there's a chat going on, a face-to-face conversation versus what we typically do. So I guess without further ado...
0: Here we go. There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years.
1: Hello and welcome back to Could It Be?
0: An Oak Island podcast.
1: We are your hosts Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, happy Mother's Day. Well, thank you. Yeah, we got
0: a special treat for you and Uh, all the other moms out there. Yes. Uh, So joining us, we have a special, special guest today. We have Mr. Stephen Guptill. Hey Steve, how's it going?
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well thank you so much for uh, agreeing to an interview and uh, let alone live. Yeah, live one and this is going to be very exciting for all of our listeners. So we just want to say up front, thanks, you're awesome and uh, this is going to be a fun time.
2: Yeah, no, we like to check in on you guys, so it'll be fun. I am going to say that we just had a storm pass through, so my internet um, is flickering. If I lose you, I'm going to call, so don't hang up.
1: All right. Okay. Sounds good. Fantastic.
0: We will see how we can negotiate that if we need to. Let's just hope it stays as it is. Yeah.
1: Cross your fingers. Seriously. All right. So, hey,
0: we got some questions for you. Um, Sure. Don't mind answering. I guess that's kind of what (laughs) the interview is, right?
1: Rumor has it. All
0: right. So um, just right off the top, we're going to do a couple of uh, Oak Island things. We just want to know, were you a fan of the Curse of Oak Island before you started working on the island and, uh, you know, being part of the show?
2: I watched the show but I wasn't, so I started in season six. Um, <clears throat> so I, they brought me on midway through season six. So I finished mm-hmm. with season six and then started fresh at season seven. I would say when I started, I hadn't seen season five. So I'd probably seen one, two, three, and part of four. So I had to catch up really quick when they brought me in.
1: I, that
2: I, I spent my that. first, oh, sorry. I spent my first couple nights in the hotel just catching up the, the last season and a half just to make sure I was up to date.
1: Hey, that's
0: that's the culture we live in. We all binge watch things now. So you binge right. Oak Island to catch you up and that's awesome. Did um, you're from Nova Scotia or, or like originally, right?
2: That's right. right. Yep. I live here now. I have lived away, but um, I'm back in Nova Scotia now.
0: Awesome. So did you uh, hear about the legend of Oak Island while you're growing up?
2: Um, a little bit, but not as much as the other guys. I mean, growing up are my teachers, right? I remembered them from elementary school and again, they would be, same age now as you know rick marty craig um so you hear it through them so you hear the legend of oak island through your teachers which is sort of cool and um yeah and they grew up with it much like you know rick marty and craig dave and those guys so it was pretty cool about that i didn't have the passion because i didn't grow up in that era um but something cool in nova scotia because frankly we're a pretty small province and we don't have a lot of cool things but we do have oak island (laughs)
0: Hey, well Oak Island it doesn't get much cooler than that in my opinion you know so um, I I know that when I was young I had come across in some kind of book and I thought it was fascinating I read up on it and anytime I would come across Oak Island in some kind of magazine or some kind of uh, you know different book or whatever because there wasn't any tv shows about it back then but I just I was fascinated by it and the fascination carries over to the tv show Mm -hmm. obviously
2: and let me let me say something though we do have a lot of beauty in Nova Scotia. I mean, our scenery is incredible. But in terms of fantasy and real hunting and something real and tangible, Oak Island is it, right? Like it's a real search. It is a real mystery. It is a real hunt. So, in terms of bringing people to Nova Scotia, the beauty brings them, and Nova Scotia and Oak Island brings them here. So it's sort of a twofold. People will come for one, and they'll see the other. So they sort of get a twofold. Mm-hmm. So it's a very pretty province, and we have Oak Island to boot. So it's yeah. pretty
0: cool. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, we, you know, Deidre and I were actually planning on flying there this week, right, babe?
1: <sighs> we were going to leave Wednesday and now we're here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, this is fine, though. This is a good consolation. Prize, it is. You know? It it's, is pretty
1: I, fabulous. I, I, I'm
0: not going to complain about this whatsoever, but we were planning on flying out there to hopefully hang out with you and some of the other guys, you know, <laughs> you know who knows what, what yeah. would have happened, but and go on a tour. It didn't happen, you know, because of the times, what's happening, but yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know I just uh, I, I wish we could have been there this week you know that's just, right that's what, that's what it boils down to for me <laughs> but it is what it is okay so,
2: You guys that was part of the this was supposed to be live all together right so yeah, a yeah couple- so that,
0: was, that was a fingers crossed kind of thing we were hoping but you know mm-hmm. eh, it is what yeah. it is
1: yeah there's a lot more than six feet apart I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> um okay so officially what is your official position or title while you're working on the island
2: i mean it's like you guys see i'm the surveyor um but i have data so charles would call me the geomatics guy or the geomatics expert which is just a fancy name for surveyor but that's really what i am i'm <clears throat> i'm the surveyor so i spend my day running around to Anything that we have going on. So if we're in the swamp, I'm in the swamp. If we're in the money pit, I'm in the money pit. If we're at the Ball Foundation, I'm at the Ball Foundation. And I often jump interchangeably between the three or four. If we're in Smith's Cove, I'm there as well. So I pretty much do surveyor things and run around and collect data. So every time something changes or something is found, I pop in and pop out.
0: So- you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because... Uh, it's, you have to be kind of a little bit of everywhere. And when we were talking to Laird last week, mm-hmm. he was saying that if, if he could, one wish that he would have about uh, working on Oak Island is to have like three of you on, mm-hmm. on site so that, you know, cause everybody wants you, you're a your real popular guy.
1: Cool kid. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> but Oak Island is very much like the, the real survey world. It's mm-hmm. when we're on site, um, when something happens or is bound or as things progress, they bring us back to collect data. And really that's, you know, we have a collection of data now and I just run around and collect data as they, these guys do the search, right? So we have a historical record of where things are found and located in the holes we've dug. So I'm just keeping track of that.
0: That's
1: awesome. I have been complaining for a long time. Mm-hmm. Poor Dustin has had to hear me. <laughs> like why, why do we not have somewhere to just collect all of this data? And, like
0: Yeah, but I always explain to you, I bet you it's happening behind the scenes and you just don't see it as much, but... That's a full-time it, job! Well, it's great that we have Steve on the island now so that he can be, you know, he can comfort you. <laughs> you know, he can comfort you and others that are worried that these things aren't being recorded because we see it happening now.
1: Because he's the royal cartographer.
0: He is the royal cartographer. So that's he what is- we <laughs>
1: dubbed your title. Yeah,
0: so, well, no, we were so excited to see you, like, permanently join mm-hmm. the team, you know, because uh, it's just... It, it, you know, like she, like she said, because it kind of blew her mind that we didn't have uh, somebody on screen documenting everything. Even though we, mm-hmm. I'm sure it happened behind the scenes, but uh, it just it, it makes the show better knowing that all that science stuff is really happening in addition to all the searching. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you know what I mean,
2: yeah, it does, and it makes sense. Um, you know, the data is a big part of it, and and it's you know it's nice that you guys get to see it because. That's our research. So between the data that I collect and the research behind the scenes, it pushes the drive, right? So, I mean, I'm this big in terms of Oak Island, I'm at the bottom, but the data that I collect does benefit the rest of the guys, right? Like the guys use the data to research and develop and we go through historical records. So it's, it's pretty cool to see how some of the stuff that we collect um, lines up with historical records. It's pretty fascinating.
0: Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's funny. I, we have um, one of our listeners' names Amy, um, Amy S. Yeah. She had asked us to ask you if, um, you know, in relation to what you just said about uh, old records or whatever, uh, Fred Nolan, mm-hmm. uh, have you mm-hmm. been able to decipher a lot of his stuff and how much has that helped you? And- um, so,
2: I, I know a lot of it, some of it's aired. I've seen Fred Nolan's plans on, on television, yeah. right? So, uh, some of it's aired. I've seen them, we do use them. I can't get into it a whole lot because some of it hasn't aired. Mm-hmm. And so again, I'm on a slippery slope and I don't want to cross a line, yeah, no. but uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a surveyor, Fred Nolan was a surveyor. I've definitely seen his stuff and he kept a fantastic record of where things were. So we, you know, I have built that into our historical search. Good. You know, good. he was a surveyor and he did a fantastic job of keeping a record. So he did a really, really good job.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I've been hoping to see more of his stuff and maybe in the future, you know, we'll, uh, we'll just keep waiting. And that's fine. You know, it's uh, something to look forward to, right?
1: We'll keep waiting impatiently. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's how we do. So it, how,
2: it, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to say his his research and his search has not been gone to waste. So um, he did a really good job and we've used it to our benefit.
0: That's amazing. That's great. That's good to know.
1: So then how did you initially get involved with the Curse of Oak Island and working with them?
2: So I am a product of what I would say Dan Henske and Doug Kroll. And uh, so years ago, again, I wasn't there. Um, I guess Dan went to Rick and said, we need somebody to collect some of this data, right? We need need somebody to come in and collect all of this data because Dan has all this knowledge and he just wanted somebody to walk around with him and collect data. So for the first couple of weeks, I walked around with Dan and collected data and it turned really into a full-time job. They hired me to do <clears throat> to put the money pit together. Um, the money pit had already been partly together. Terry was working on that um, and he had his own plan. It was, it was a fantastic plan and I just took that and collaborated with Dan and some historical records and I believe. Um, I don't believe I know they hired me to find shaft six and that happened in season six. And uh, so that's how I got there between Dan wanting somebody to collect data and Doug wanting someone to overlay some plans and it between the two, I magically appeared.
0: Yep. And then you're (laughs) able to triangulate everything. It's been great. Yeah. It's um, Dan Hensky is, uh, is really special. Like it's so funny that he just remembers everything. It seems like, you know, and he just will be like, Oh yeah, this one thing over here. Oh yeah, this one thing over here. It just seems like he just because he's been there forever, you know. It's just uh, he's fun to watch on TV. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it was really fun to watch him. <clears throat> so you guys watched this year the certs for Shaft Nine, mm-hmm. right? And we dug up Shaft Nine. Well, that came from me being with Dan, and Dan. I remember him walking around, and I, I honestly really didn't know what he was doing. He was just walking around, but in his own mind, he was triangulating and he was surveying in his own mind. And I just spent the day with him and, and sat and listened. And finally, after a couple hours, you know, we did some lines here and did some lines here. And then Dan went over here and he goes, I think shaft nine is right here. And so he said, I want you to take a survey point right here. So I took a survey point and this year it came up in conversation, we should find, you know, we should find shaft nine because shaft nine is a hundred feet from the money pit and we can triangulate with shaft two and we can find the money pit. And I'm like, hold on. Dan took me to Shaft 9. I have that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. So we, we And that was something Dan came up. So walking around with Dan for a couple of weeks, really, I mean, you know, two weeks of surveying and GPS is instant. We collected a lot of data. So Dan Hensky said it was here. And sure enough, it was there. We dug a hole and found Shaft 9 but because he, of Dan. So he
0: triangulated it in his brain and then he's able to say, hey, mark this spot. You mark that spot, you dig down and that's where you find it, huh?
2: That's right. Just like that, actually. That's cool. Amazing.
0: amazing.
1: Okay.
2: He well, used a tree line.
0: So we know what uh, superpower Dan Henske has now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Wow. That's amazing.
1: Well, it's like the coconut fiber in Smith's Cove when he just walked out there and was like, yeah, it about here, and like picks up a fistful of coconut fiber. <laughs> I'm like, how many years has it been?
0: Just it doesn't matter. He just knows. He knows these things. Yeah, that's fun. All right. So, hey, what, what inspired you to get into the industry of surveying?
2: Um, so I was military before I was a surveyor. And I mean, this is I'm going to make a really long story really, really short. That's fine, that's fine. Uh, I didn't want to be in the military anymore. So I took my leave and did some research of industries that I could translate my skill set into. Mm-hmm. Turns out surveyors, they're dying in the world. So if anybody's listening and they want to be a surveyor, it's pretty good pay and we need surveyors. So. There's some pretty good schools out there that you should attend, depending on where you're at in the country. We have a good one here in Nova Scotia, Cogs. New Brunswick has a great one at uh, UMB. Out West, they have St. Nate. So we need surveyors in this world. And really, that was it. I wanted a good-paying job, and I wanted something steady, right? Steady, and it's math-related, so you have to like math. But <laughs> that's a long story, really, really short.
1: You had DJ right up until the y- math. You had me up to math. <laughs>
2: <laughs> something was- stable. There's lots of jobs and I like math. Yeah. Short story really long. <laughs> no, nope, back backwards. That's a long story really short. <laughs> hey,
1: I like math. Do you like all the other stuff? I don't know. If it get, if you got me to Oak Island, I'd be all over I mean, it. <laughs> I could learn to like math maybe.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I can teach you how to use my GPS.
1: <laughs> Done. Sold. Well, as soon as we get out to Oak Island, we will take you borders. up on it. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, so, how different is it working on a project like Oak Island compared to what you would do anywhere else?
2: Um, it, it depends. So, I've worked for um, a couple companies, a big one out west. I work for Midwest Surveys, and they do everything, right? And it's a fantastic company. Um, and so, a lot of what I did out west in Alberta, Saskatchewan uh, is very similar actually to what I do on Oak Island. You know, you, we would run out. and We work on sites, whether they be oil or industry, uh, some type of industry or construction sites, and we just collect data. So it's a constant moving construction site, and you're just running around collecting data as you know the guys are guys and girls are doing their work, right? So it's it's pretty similar, which is good. Yeah. It pretty seamless transition.
0: Except those other sites don't have like you know twenty cameras following you, got you around, whatever you know, recording your every move.
2: <laughs> no. They don't, but you know what? Those guys and girls do a good job too because they don't miss anything and they let us go, right? Like they let us search and it's just the camera guys and girls and, you know, the PAs and the ACs, they do a fantastic job. They are the hardest working people on the island because they're there before us and they're there after us and we work long days.
0: Yeah, yeah. we heard about uh, uh, being there sun up to sundown. So, yeah. yeah. We have a lot of respect for the production team as well because, you know, if... If they didn't do as good a job as they do, we wouldn't have the entertaining show we have. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to make a TV show. Okay, Deidre and I, we hunt for treasure. We've dug for buried treasure before. And where we dig is like three feet down. And if we don't find it, we don't find it. But we know how difficult it is to find something just three feet down. Yeah. I mean, you guys are looking for something that could be 200 feet under your feet. And, um, you know, you don't find treasure every day. Otherwise, it'd be called treasure finding, right? Finding, right. right? Yeah. So (laughs) when you're out treasure hunting, it's just the most difficult thing in the world. If, uh, you know, if you, especially if you're digging, digging is the hardest treasure to find, obviously.
1: Yeah. And if you're not actually collecting all the data points, and that was, that was one of my big things is unless you know where you've been, how can you know where you're going? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's. That's why I was like, got to have someone collecting this data. Why would you put a hole down in the exact same spot twice? But yeah. I could go on and on because your job fascinates me and I'm a little crazy, <laughs> but there's that too. So anyways. Well, Deidre,
0: Deidre works with surveyors off and mm-hmm. on through her regular work. She's a realtor. Yes. And so she's just always fascinated by what they do. And then watching you do it on TV just is extra fascinating I see. because on it's, like, it's, a, it's on a subject that is near and dear to our hearts.
2: Mm-hmm that that's good yeah and that makes me happy to hear that so, at least two people are getting joy of what i do so i uh,
0: have two There's plus a lot like more. i don't know i hear like almost 10 million people watch right. the show around the world so you guys are doing pretty good all right
2: and you know and i don't want to forget to say this and it actually works in well to what we're talking about but like scott barlow does a lot to help me that guy is a fantastic project manager mm-hmm. um i know he once referred to us i think it was on your um one of your live chats as herding what did he call us we're like herding cats and we are because there's so much going on and to get us where he needs us to keep the search going because his whole job is to keep the search going right Mm -hmm. and and he does a fantastic job and he keeps us going and keeps us on his toes but he's really good to us but he helps me like he'll take my GPS and he'll run and tie something in as in survey the point that's and bring it back to me so I can survey with my total station and help out Laird at the ball foundation Right. So Scott's fantastic. Not only is he our boss, he's taking my GPS and running off and <laughs> clicking the buttons that's and bringing it back to me. Right. That's so good.
1: Yeah,
0: that, that's uh, <laughs> that's really funny. You say something like that. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I I see Scott like stealing your stick and just marking like random things and calling them something else. I just that's. Oh, no, I
2: said it all. And Scott, you know what? He's a really smart guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, I believe it. That.
0: yeah well you know it's just funny that you bring that up like that because um you're aware of it we have like these trading cards we made of you guys and um so this trading card here is of you and we have this superhero series you're a superhero with indestructible armor but it's just funny that in real life scott comes and grabs something from you runs off because that's what he does on the back of your card in the little story he takes <laughs> your runs away with it and making you uh vulnerable you know, he he that's your kryptonite, you, you know, having not having to protect helmet. your head. <laughs> it's just it's just funny. Um, yeah. So I didn't I wasn't expecting so much nice things to be said about Scott Barlow today.
1: I know. <laughs> just kidding. We like Scott. He's a great guy. He is.
0: Yeah. So he uh, he shows up sometimes in our um, uh, like we do a pregame show and. um our podcast and then we do the trivia on fridays so mm-hmm. it's fun to see you guys show up when you do so yeah. appreciate it
2: yeah you guys do a great job we all like to pop in once in a while so yeah
0: well thanks yeah it, we have a lot of fun doing it it's all for the love of the show love of the Seriously. the search and of the treasure and of uh the cast you know all mm-hmm. right so all right hey so speaking of like the people that watch you um what is it like to have millions of people watching you <laughs> you know because you literally have uh you know
1: millions of people watching you almost
0: 10 million people watching you guys uh you know depending on what part of the world Mm -hmm. they're in all weekly basically right Mm -hmm. it's just so much so how's that changed your life and um i mean do you get noticed at the store right (laughs) right
2: um so i just assume like I, i really like i don't think about that because it's not live right so to be honest, I'm more nervous now because I'm watching my bars thinking, oh no, my internet's going to go out because this <laughs> yeah. is live." And I worry about like millions of people because you don't actually know what's going to make TV, mm-hmm. right? So they film so much of us. I think Kevin Burns did it best. They film for every 100 hours, you see one hour. Mm-hmm. So I just assume that, you know, you, you don't really know what's going to make TV. So you don't really know when to be nervous or not to be nervous. So you just, you do your work and and you go from there. I... I can think of the first time I was on TV, uh, they did a research center scene with me and I walked in and we talked about finding shaft six. I was nervous and I was really, really nervous. And I've watched that a couple of times and I just, I look like a ghost. So, <laughs> But it's a different world, right? It's the first time and you're meeting some pretty famous people, right? You're meeting Rick, Marty, Doug. Um, I think Dan Hensky was in there, like all these people you've seen on TV and then all of a sudden you're in a room with them answering questions with cameras, right? And it's yeah. So I was nervous the first time I was on TV, right?
1: Mm-hmm. They tell you to forget about the cameras. It's not as easy as it sounds like.
2: <laughs> you get used to it, though. And they're, you know what? The guys and girls that carry the cameras, they're fantastic people. And they make you really, really relaxed, right? So they'll joke with you when you're coming into a scene. And they'll joke with you when you're leaving one. And, you know, they're really good to us. Um, they get almost everything that we say. The, the odd time they'll say can you just repeat that right so it's all real life they're just getting our conversations and you know the production team does a good job of making letting you guys see what we do
0: mm-hmm. well i think they do a great job as well
1: yeah we so, we appreciate it that i yeah, can't we, imagine we definitely appreciate
0: their hard work because without them we don't have you right so it's just Aww. the way it is it's just the way it is all right um so uh when you get to the island i mean you say you work you kind of answered this a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is just a question we have of what your typical day is. But it sounds to me like you show up, you know, real early. You bounce around the whole island, <laughs> and then you get out of there, you know, after dark or whatever, real late. So, um, is that kind of right?
2: Yeah, I would say a typical day is 10 to 12 hours, probably pushing 12. I would say 7:30 to 7:30 or 8 to 8 is probably a very typical day in the summer. Um,
0: it's a long day. But we
2: have of what we're walking into, so we'll take the last half an hour and. You know rick's crew so everybody mm-hmm. will sit in the room and we'll prep the next day right so we'll talk about you know if larry's going to the ball foundation we'll prep that if we're going to the money pit we'll prep that so when we walk in everybody's on the same page and we're ready to go right so you know the camera crew knows where we're going we know where we're going uh, scott's got it all planned he's he's talked with the production guys and girls and mm-hmm. that's a typical day there's 7 30 or 8 and. We're all there till eight, and I heard Blair say last week. Sometimes it's hard to get Billy off the island, right? (laughs) Billy, Billy loves to work, right? And he, that hunt, he loves it, right? So
0: it's so funny. That was our suspicion all along. Oh yeah, we've been saying it forever. I bet you he has the keys to the causeway, right? And he's the last guy to leave.
2: (laughs) It's true. He is. He'll work. He'll work the dark and sometimes past dark. He'll just put his lights on and keep on working. That man has no quit, which is good, right? He's, it's a good trade. Yeah. He's a hard, hard worker and his guys and girls are hard, hard workers.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Um, we, we just, we love Billy. <laughs> Everybody does, you know, we, right. we love the whole crew, but uh, it's just uh, something that's been like a running thing with us. We just say, yeah, he's, he's gotta be the hardest working guy and show business stop. himself, you know, cause he's just, we just, we imagined him just going and going and going and we just keep getting confirmation. So yeah.
1: <laughs> check so rick, you-
2: rick as well right rick is there rick and billy yeah. scott first one's there We're the last three to leave man those okay. guys are hard workers and doug, too. doug would do research all night long right so
1: mm-hmm.
0: i was gonna say the three amigos but they sound like the four amigos now
1: yeah i mean the <laughs> fellowship keeps growing yeah right <laughs> <laughs> um so where's your favorite place to work on the island
2: okay that's a good one so i've talked a lot because I talk a lot about, <laughs> I work a lot place, right? So I come in and I'm, I'm just called constantly to different, you know, Scott's always calling me saying, go here, go here, go here. So I, I do, but I will say I enjoy the money pit search the best. Oh. So there's so much historical data, right. And so many plans and so many accurate plans. Like they showed that shaft six plan this year. So I, I, I haven't seen every episode, but I've seen most, and I've seen the finale, but I did watch one, um, and they show us talking about shaft six and hunting for shaft six. Well, that plan was fantastic because we calculated that and overlaid it, and we hit the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I think we hit the tunnel, right? And they show that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it right? was before Doug said. I think Doug said, "Isn't it great to be uh, to drill down and and find what you're expecting to find?"
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think that's what he said when you got when the guys did that. So. Right on the nose there.
1: Oh, yeah. And the overlay maps. We're totally, we're geeks. And we we like pause every map of ridiculous We get up next to the
0: TV to take notes of everything. (laughs) It's a real problem. Yeah.
2: But so the money pit's my favorite. Because so much data. And now that we have everything tied in from previous surveyors to me to past searchers, they're not even surveyors. They kept fantastic records, almost survey quality records. And so it's incredible to see some of these plans just, they work so well and, and they just assist in the search. Like it's incredible.
0: Yeah. When we see those maps come up on the screen, we, you know, we basically think okay. they're works of art. You know, we would like to like frame them, you know, I think. And We uh, have so
1: many maps. Yeah, we have a lot of a maps, lot. but
0: we just think they're beautiful and we know how much work has gone into them, mm-hmm. you know, just because you have to take the data, like you just said, from all the prior uh, people searching and then you make your maps and it's just it's magnificent when it uh. comes to fruition we get to see it in all of its glory uh of course we only get to see parts of it you know we don't get to see the whole thing we get to see you know a flash here and a flash there but we're good with that pause button yeah like we said
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yep it's every uh type a personality's dream mm-hmm. like where's <laughs> <laughs> show me <laughs> yeah all right let's see here all right, you work a lot with you know the big three, right? Craig, Rick, Marty, at least I'd assume. <laughs> How closely do you get to work with these guys?
2: So, I work with all three interchangeably, right? So, um, I would say I work with Craig the most. Craig and Rick the most. Um, Marty's a drive guy, right? Like a Scott guy, like, okay, let's go do it now, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's a hard question to ask in the amount of time that I would need. So I'm going to do it really short. Uh, Craig and I work really close together. I would say Rick gives us the rules. Rick gives us what he wants us to do. He definitely assists and does a lot of work uh, both on the ground and doing the research. Um, a fantastic researcher. So he works well with Rick and Scott. I work with Craig really well. And Craig and I do a lot of the calculating with Doug. So I'm going to back up. Rick and Doug do a lot of the research. They pass it on to Craig and I. I'm going to make it really short. Um, and then we take that. So I would say, in general, I work a lot hands on hand with Craig and actually Terry too. Terry's sort of, especially more in the money pit, the three of us with Doug's research and Scott's research and Paul's research and Rick's research. So we take that, we calculate it, and then we all sit as a crew and talk about it. So everybody pulls into the piles into the war room and we talk about what they had found, what we had worked on. We use the scales, the historic plans, we overlay. And it's a constant, it's just a constant changing. And I know I'm not really answering your question but it's a hard one to answer. We all work so well together, so what I'm getting at. We're very calm, we compliment one another, the whole crew. And then Marty will, okay, and this is what I really respect about Marty. It gets to a point where we've got, you know, the details, to this close. And Marty's like, let's just go do it. So we do it. And he's like, you know, we've spent a lot of time on this and we've put a lot of man and female hours into this and let's go do it. So we do.
1: Someone has to say, okay, it's time, right? You have to put the shovel in the ground. You have to pull the trigger. You have to... Even after all the collecting, like I will collect to death, and then Dustin's like, "Okay, come on, you have to do something <laughs> Let's go. with this now. You can't just sit on it." Yeah, yeah. It, you have such a great group of just even from what we're hearing of different personalities, different expertise. I mean, you can't build a team with all the same type of people. You yeah, just then, can't.
0: Then you just you just keep butting your head against the wall, basically, right? So, um, yeah, like. Deidre and I like to think that we're a pretty good team when we're doing our treasure hunting, you know, because we compliment each other, just like you guys really compliment each other. So Mm -hmm. that's really great. It's wonderful to hear. All right. So, um, let's talk about, uh, the resident of the Island, Mr. (laughs) David Blankenship. That guy's pretty cool. Isn't he? I can just, he he is so cool to hang
1: out with. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. He's one of my favorites. Um, what you see is what you get, calm, cool, collected. And he's, you know, he's, he's a, I would say he's a believer like his father, right? He's very passionate about his father's work. Um, Definitely one of my favorite guys. He says it like he sees it. He's a hard worker. He's always been a hard worker. Um, Good heart, Mm -hmm. anything for anybody, I would say.
0: That's great. So that's um, his dad, Dan Blankenship. uh, We all love him. uh, Mm 10x you do any work out in 10x at all
2: i I haven't done much i mean i have its gps location (laughs) (laughs) i've never been down 10x i haven't done a lot with 10x um so in terms of money pit work that's pretty close to what we consider the money pit right so i haven't done a whole lot with 10x you know we've we've correlated 10x with some of our findings um but For 10X work, I haven't done a whole lot with 10X.
0: Yeah, I just think to myself, I wonder if they're done with 10X. I mean, I don't think they're ever done, done with anything, but, you know, I just haven't seen a lot of 10X lately.
2: I can't think of, so again, I haven't seen every episode I've seen most, but did they touch on 10X at all this year?
0: I don't don't think think so. I I don't even think we
2: heard it wrong. It wasn't really part of our search agenda this year. Yeah, of course, it's going to come across in historical records, right? We spend so much time and Doug, Paul, Scott, Rick, we talked about that. They spend so much time looking through and studying and, you know, compiling records that 10x comes up, but it wasn't part of our search agenda this year. It didn't really seem to be. Okay.
1: It wasn't part of the big three as we, right <laughs> well
0: they they okay you guys really spend a lot of time in the swamp this year a lot of time in smith's cove and then a lot of time in the the uplands right mm-hmm. The uplands mm-hmm. were new to us. We, we we don't hear that term uh before this season yeah and so um i mean that might have been like something they call they've called that area for you know generations or whatever but yeah. it was new to us so that was fun to watch you guys do a lot of work up there you in particular did a lot of work up in the uplands so uh what was that experience like was it pretty fun
2: so when you're talking the uplands, give me. Are you talking the shafts that we found?
0: Yeah, um, like between ton- the mine pit feet. and Swiss Cove in the Caven pit.
2: Okay. Yeah. So we did a ton of work there, right? So we found a bunch of shafts, and we found what we perceived to be shaft five. Uh, we found, you know, at 52 or 54 feet, we found what either is a tunnel or a shaft, right? And we don't work. Well, some of us think it's a tunnel. Some of us think it's a shaft. Um, I remember earlier in the year seeing uh, my face in a commercial and I said, if we're going to hit a tunnel, it's going to be right here. And that was the, but that was calculated by Craig, right? So there's Craig and I working together, compiling historic data that was based on the U-shape structure. I think TV actually showed it because I've seen it in another commercial where they they I um, have this line based on the u shaped structure that goes through like the cave and pit and heads towards the market and actually goes to DMT and it was calculated by Craig. And that's where we hit the wood and what we perceived to be a tunnel at 52 or 54 feet. So there's the work of Craig and the team, right? So it's historic data. Craig calculates it based on the U-shaped structure. And sure enough, 52 or 54 feet later, we think we've got a tunnel.
0: That's amazing. You know, you guys are basically tag team champs right there. You know, you guys, uh, you guys work real good together. Oh, yeah. Craig's a great guy. I bet. I would love to talk to Craig. Someday. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: that's another one. We were hoping to be there this week so we could chat with all you guys. You know, I know. Oh, well. Well, maybe we'll try to get there later in the year.
1: All right. So, what's next? Well, here, let's talk about he. Okay. You said you work closely with Doug, right? Mm-hmm. He He's on this 90 foot stone mission. What are you doing to help?
2: Oh, nothing. That's fear stuff. <laughs> I'm too busy. I mean, I like some of the theory stuff, but I've got to, if I ever want to go home and go to bed, I've got to stop. <laughs> the 90 foot stone stuff is not really a, a me thing. That's more of a, a Doug, a Paul, a Rick. Uh-huh. Uh, Rick, Rick, is, Rick loves the 90 foot stone, right? So there is tremendous value in the 90 foot stone, uh, but it's not something I've worked on. So I can't really touch on it too much.
0: Fair enough. That's one of my favorite things personally, too, because like if you could just get your hands on that 90 foot stone and, and figure out what it says or like because who knows if the whatever's been transcribed or if whatever's been handed down over the generations is even right at this point. So for me, I just want them to like I'm, I'm rooting Doug on like go find it, man.
1: And you right. want Steve to help
0: him, right? Yeah, well, I, Steve's got better things to do, I guess. We're all busy
2: in different ways. The 90 foot stone is one of the things that I, I just didn't take part in a lot. So Doug, that's a really, you know, Doug and Doug, Rick, Scott, probably Paul as well. That's more, probably more of their expertise. And, uh, oh. and, you know, again, Doug does a lot of really good research. So yeah,
1: yeah. It's a hard yeah. thing to GPS when you don't know where it is. <laughs> that's right.
2: You if go. they give me a plan I can find it
1: <laughs> got it got it yeah.
0: so uh you've touched on having Terry there as um you know a good right hand uh doing helping you with your work uh how helpful is it to have like you know a, an archaeologist on hand all the time uh all the heavy equipment people um you know like Billy how, how helpful are they with uh, with what you do
2: um so again it goes back to whether it be Oak Island, or if I go back into industry, right, it's no different. One, one thing about Oak Island, we don't step on each other's toes. So it's nice to have that. So we're, you know, because of Rick and Scott, and Marty and Craig, they're all our bosses, right? And we're basically just an oiled machine and everybody works really well together. So when something's calculated, Billy's waiting. So he knows I'm going to be here because Craig and I and Doug are working on something back at the research center and he's waiting. And, you know, it's, Scott's got them ready to go. So we are, it's tick, 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 go. That's all. And Terry knows, Billy knows, everybody's ready. Um, so it works really, really well. And it's really good that we all have different worlds. So we all live in different worlds. Right? I live in the geomatics world. Terry is a geologist, uh, Laird's an archaeologist. So nobody steps on each other's toes and everybody compliments one another. So it's really good. It's a really good team. And we all work closely. At, like I said, we work in the research center. And so everybody is up, and everybody knows what the next step is.
0: Mm-hmm. You guys are a well-oiled machine,
2: right? We are. We are. They keep us a well-oiled machine, right? They keep us on our toes, so it's good.
1: Well, if you got it, I'm all about being efficient. So <laughs> I'm. I'm glad to know you get your marching orders early in the morning. Make the most use of the time. Yeah, that that fits right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we also see a lot of field trips happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, a, a lot of visiting other places. I get a feeling you don't get to go on many of them. Is that true? No,
2: I don't even ask.
1: I know I'm not <laughs> going
2: to get off the island. So, <laughs> even yeah, ask. Well,
0: as far as what Laird told us, like we said earlier, how important you are and you're needed in multiple places at once, yeah, it could be probably pretty hard to get off the island. I mean, if you if you could go on one of those field trips like they've gone on, uh, where would you like to go?
2: Mug and anchor every time.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like a good one. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I want to go on that field trip too. Oh yes, many <laughs> a time. Mm. Yeah. So, um, hey, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the work that Eagle Canada did over the past couple seasons? Uh, they've been setting off all these seismic charges all over the place. Uh, they, you know, basically doing an underground map. Um, I'm sure that's right in your wheelhouse, and that it's helped you with um, with your work. So, can you talk about what Eagle Canada has been doing?
2: So, I know. So, I, I can't. I can speak to the relationship that have with Eagle Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I work quite closely, actually, with Jeremy Church, mm-hmm. and I know that he's aired at least once, if not a couple times, this season. Mm-hmm. His data was really, really good this year. So we, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I believe it was RF1 we used to sit over top of his teardrop. Did he call it in his episode? Yes, RF one over top of his or
1: avocado, either way. <laughs> okay.
2: And so he used new technology to, uh, to calculate that and, and uh, it, it was fantastic. So I worked really close with him we used a lot of their data to push the search in correlation with historical you know, events and records and survey plans and their data a lot lined up with the search itself so rf1 was almost a no-brainer because it went with a lot of the research and development that we we'd already agreed on and now we have eagle canada saying you need to drill here because this looks like the money pit mm-hmm. so yeah. we work really i work really closely with jeremy I reach out to him once every month or every couple months. Um, When we're in the heat of the search, I probably talk to Jeremy once a month, once a week, twice a week. So I'll give him a call. It's much like this. He's three or four hours different. So I got to wait till he gets out of bed, but um, (laughs) yeah, uh, we reach out.
0: Yeah. They're out of Alberta. Is
2: that right? That's right. I think they're out of Calgary or Edmonton. I, Mm -hmm. I don't really know. They're out of Alberta. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right on. Yeah, um, we're we're always excited to see them show up uh, because it's just such a unique way to get any kind of data, something that we've never seen before. Because Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I guess nobody's seen that kind of uh, uh, seen it applied like that. How about that? Because Mm -hmm. it's mostly when they do that kind of stuff, it's much deeper, right? So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah, it's pretty amazing what they can do.
2: It's almost like they formulated their explosions for us because we're looking in the, you know, the 50 to 200 foot range and they're used to looking for oil and gas much, much deeper, sometimes kilometers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their explosives were essentially handmade for us or tailored to us. They might not have been handmade. They were probably tailored,
0: <laughs>
2: but they came in with a different program this year and it, and it was good. And The technology that they used this year really, really helped us and assisted us.
0: Great. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun to always see them show up. Like, uh, and then we see Alex, the giant. I call him. Uh, he's he's the only guy on the show that could probably dwarf you, right? He's a really he, big dude.
2: he's a big guy. He's <laughs> a lot bigger than me. I'm. And I would imagine he's six six or six seven. He's a big fella.
0: Yeah, he's a big guy. Wow. Yeah, he's. Um. It's always fun to see them show up, and yeah, like when Jeremy Church shows up in – uh, educates us with all that data. It's, it's fun stuff. He did show up and, um, give us that teardrop and they dropped that can on it. And, you know,
1: that was so cool.
0: Yeah, it was, it was really neat. I wish there was, you know, some gold coming out of there, but you know, get some cool data, right?
1: Data is gold, Yeah, data is, but gold not data. spendable.
2: <laughs> you sound like Dave.
1: <laughs> Everybody's got a little Dave in him, in them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you have any uh, thoughts or I don't know if you can talk about it much or share your opinion on this maybe proposed big dig that we heard about on the season finale uh, of the mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, I know you can't say much or anything, but everybody's like, asking though. Just, just whatever, <laughs> whatever you can say, I don't know. Or like, what, what do you think about it or what would you do?
2: I mean, it's, it's difficult. I, so it is a slip. I, I actually don't know what I can talk about in the big dig. Um, because It's very expensive. And it requires so obviously, I know, the TV touched on it in the finale that we have spent a lot of time researching the Big Dig and we have and and it is very, very expensive. Um, I certainly have my preference of if we were to go have the Big Dig, what we should do and the diameter of the Big Dig. Um, But I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it. I think what you know in terms of TV. Is what you're allowed to know. So
1: <laughs>
0: it's okay. I'll just say it should be about 200 feet wide and you know 300 feet deep. Then we'll get to the bottom of it, right? I,
1: exactly. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's no big deal. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> well, but you talked about being a money pit guy. I'm very interested on your opinion on this toonie.
2: Oh yeah, that's a huge find, eh?
0: Yeah, that was like, really cool
2: so i mean nobody expected that so we're sitting in the final war room it was one of the last things to happen and marty pulls out a tuning he's like here and we're all like it's tuning (laughs) it's worth two bucks and more like a buck 60 in the us (laughs) right so and then to hear the solution channel which is really it's created this almost challenge underground that we already have it's created a bigger challenge, right? So uh, we know it exists. Terry's done a fantastic job of mapping it. And we have it created in in our plan. So we have a database um, that we all work on. And Terry and I can Craig and you know Rick, Doug, Scott, Paul, we all work on it intensively. So we have a data source where everything goes. Whoosh. And um, Terry's a big part of that and Solution Channel is a big part of that because it creates, I don't know, it creates problems, but it moves things around. And as you can see the tuning I believe it went into h8 and came out of was it RF1 hmm
0: yep
2: I mean that move that's a 10 foot move
0: it sure is
2: we right that so before.
0: that was one of our trivia questions this it
1: week. was <laughs> so, we could tell you're a data guy let's just yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that just that just goes to prove that we're not just dealing with you know um, tunnels flood tunnels, searcher tunnels shafts we're dealing with the force of nature 200 feet or it's 170 feet to 220 feet or 160 feet to 220 feet underground. That's pushing. So it's just like this mud river pushing things around.
0: Yeah. That's bonkers to me, like legit bonkers. Because for me, I think about, you know, if you drill, um, if you put a, some kind of uh, like when you guys are putting those uh, PVC pipe, um, the micro bore holes down and they can maybe, uh, they don't go straight down. Yeah. They go off to the left or to the right. You know, it's hard to drill a straight down uh, a channel straight down like that. But when I think about like what's going on down there, I never really even considered how fluid it may or may not be. Mm-hmm. Like it just never even occurred to me. I was just thinking ah, maybe it's muddy. You know, it's wet. You know, there's obviously water down there. But we never thought about things moving around. And so when Marty pulled that petunia out and he explains, "Hey, I put this in," you know you know, not, I didn't put it down the shaft. You know, Uh -uh. I put it down uh, uh, 10 feet over this way or whatever. Uh It just, it kind of blew my mind and I wasn't expecting that whatsoever, Uh
2: you know. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. So we were all, you know, Marty pulls out a toonie. We're all looking around. Gary was excited. (laughs) Like it's a toonie. And then Marty tells us the story and it makes sense because the solution channel is documented in every drill, right? If we're in it, if we're not in it, uh, when we come out of it, and it's something that Terry keeps track of, and it's something that Terry has helped building in our data set. So, between Terry's knowledge and you know, the research done by the research team and the on-the-ground on data collection between Scott, myself, you know, Doug, and Craig, the Solution Channel is a big part of what we do and a big part of the Money Pit search. And That toonie mm-hmm. sort of validated of what we already thought was going on down there, and it really it adds, I guess, another twist, because we were really successful, we thought, in RF1, and it was a really good hole, and we would have loved to have gone, I think Craig or Rick said it in the finale, we wanted to go another five or ten feet deeper, mm-hmm. just ran out of casing, and we were, it was coming in, right, it was just filling in, and there was nothing we could do, and, but it was a really successful hole, we were, you know, we were pretty proud of that hole, That's and you know, validation like Tony mm-hmm. validated that hole so
0: yeah that's it's incredible it really is i i just would never expect it like okay so over the past couple of years we see these animations that mm-hmm. uh the production company will make and they're fun to watch you know we see like the caisson going down and uh clipping the edge of maybe yeah. the chapel vault and pushing yeah. it to the side and i'm thinking to myself oh, okay. there's no way that thing's getting pushed you know it's just mm-hmm. a solid thing that's encased in a solid thing, but. Maybe, maybe Oh yeah, yeah, it gets pushed. Now they it gets
2: We move it, it gets moved. Yeah, and that's something we can keep track of too, right? So again, that's part of our data search and when they show it being moved, it's been moved because our, when we, um, other drill holes will confirm it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I have a historic record of where say HEDEN was built and we have a historic record of where hedden has been moved now.
0: Mm-hmm. crazy.
2: Based mm-hmm. on drilling, right? Our drilling program is pretty intensive, and there's a lot of data collection that goes in. And Terry's fantastic, right? To keep on top of what we do in that money pit. I mean, I can only imagine how overwhelmed Terry must feel some days.
0: <laughs> I bet he's just invaluable, though. He seems like such a cool guy. Oh, yeah. We love Terry.
2: Oh, yeah. Terry's a great fellow.
0: He's hilarious. He has like all we call these call him Terryisms. Oh yeah. You know, he'll like exclaim like hello, Dolly. Oh yeah. Hold the phone. You know, it's just funny
1: stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> it's a Markapalooza. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't stop. He, he would be a
0: fun guy to work with, I'm thinking.
1: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> he's uh he's a good fella. He means well. He's smart, right? Like he know he actually knows a little bit of every so if there's someone on the island, you know how we don't step on each other's toes. Terry knows a little bit about a lot and so like the other day we were talking about Terry and I were talking on the phone and we were talking about some technology in my world and Terry knew all about it so I was like oh it's pretty impressive actually as a geologist he'd need to know right like um, because he would use some of we would interchangeably use some of the technology to assist in both of our jobs so it made sense so Terry's a really smart guy
0: cool yeah he seems like it yeah seriously yeah. Um, so you speak about your equipment. Um, we see you with your uh, your staff, right? Your Prism GPS. pole of truth. Yeah, we call it the Prism Pole of Truth. Yes. Because we looked up some uh, uh, surveyor tools, and Prism Pole was one of them, right? Yeah, and we liked it. We liked it, so we went with it. And uh, one of your, you know, on one of your trading cards, we have you uh, with the Prism Pole of Truth. So anyway, your equipment uh, is pretty neat. Um, mm-hmm. I wish we got to see more of, like, you know, I, I, it'd be How cool. It if We got to see like inputting stuff on it or whatever because we don't know how it works we just know that it does work
1: mm-hmm.
0: so but it's cool oh, go ahead no, yeah, go, no i'm done <laughs> <laughs>
1: cool.
2: um so this year maybe you will get to see um the equipment's very expensive right so the difference between say me or a surveyor and anybody with a cell phone you know your accuracy with your cell phone is good to probably three feet to 10 feet even 20 feet depending on okay. Satellite exposure and tree cover, and you know what else would cause interference. So, you know your cell phone's a thousand dollars. The equipment that I use fluctuates on the market between if it's a really really low end seven or eight thousand. If it's what I was using, Topcon, which was, you know, there's three big players in my field. It's like a Topcon and uh, Trimble, and they're in the eight thousand dollar range, probably more about sixty American, and but so you pay for the difference. I mean. The difference is we're, you know, our accuracy is a couple centimeters or a couple inches, right? So I would say two to five centimeters or one to two inches.
1: That's an expensive stick.
2: (laughs) So, but you only see half of it. The other half is the base station. Um, This year I bought new equipment. So you might see more of it and I have a 3D modeling uh, uh, tablet actually. So I can like do some cool CAD stuff in the field. So maybe you will see some more of it.
0: That's cool. That would be it very really cool. cool. It's really, it's just cool to see the technology you guys bring to this whole hunt. Uh, I heard that your, uh, your surveying equipment talks, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, oh yeah, is that it talks.
2: Show? It doesn't shut up. The camera guys hate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. But I mean.
1: <laughs> it should have like its own, like. I don't know, credit or something like I don't know. Actually,
0: it. you know, would be really cool it c- if you could program some it to say whatever you want. Like instead of like, uh, I don't know, what is it, what would it typically say like? RTK, okay.
2: ask Laird. It dri- if Laird is watching this to see this, it drives him crazy. It says a lot RTK fixed, which means I'm ready to work. And okay. my accuracy is now one or two centimeters, less Can than an inch do- type of thing. Uh-huh.
0: Can you change it to say I'm ready to work?
2: You can't, it's uh, all, right. with, uh, all kinds of sayings, but it's like, you know, telling you it's shot taken, RTK fixed, RTK lost. Um, it's basically telling you when it's ready to work and when it's working, but it drives everybody crazy.
0: It seems like maybe the next generation, you know, those companies, if they're watching, maybe uh, they could work into like just some sounds kind of like Gary's metal detector, you know? Yeah. Like he knows that yeah, well,
2: it, it does this little doo doo <laughs> <laughs> That's fun hear that, I don't think. <laughs> but my new one is perfectly perfectly quiet. So if Laird does see this, Laird, you're you're safe next year. My new yeah. one doesn't talk.
0: Way to look out for Laird.
1: That's so nice of you to choose some equipment that doesn't talk for them. <laughs> right? I know.
0: If it was me, I'd probably be just like put some headphones in and listen to podcasts, but then the camera people
1: would hate that. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> so that's funny stuff. That's good. All right. So do you have a favorite theory about Oak Island, like as far as, um, you know, Shakespeare or Templar or whatever.
2: Okay. So I'm not a theory guy, but there was a couple theories this year that I liked. And so if I say their names wrong, please forgive me. And I probably get a call from them later. Um, <laughs> so is it Chris Morford, I believe and origin mall. So I was part of that theory and I was part of the data part. So just to calculating, but just to work with those guys and hear the theory. Um, before they even presented it because I had to work with them to calculate the Arcadia point and um, uh, the, they used the Poussin painting, if I remember correctly. Yep. And so I with them hands-on and got to be a part of the research. Now, I didn't do the research. I'm taking no claim to any of it other than I got to sit and listen to them talk and calculate their positions based on their research and work. And I mean, we hit a big boulder on the Arcadia point, or Arcadia point, and it was fantastic. So to be a part of that was pretty cool. And they're pretty good fellas, right? Like they did a lot of research and they showed up well-prepared and ready to roll. And I mean, that war room was, I mean, they went in and presented their data and, and we hit on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could tell when they showed up that um, they were taken very seriously because very. they ba- they basically came back multiple times uh, throughout the season, or at least they were, sh- they showed up over and over because uh, like Rick would, I think Rick showed um Uh, Dr. Spooner Mm -hmm. like um, hey you know or uh, maybe it wasn't Dr. Spooner. He showed somebody and he's like showing him on his phone and it's just like wow they must have really struck a chord with Rick. Yeah. And I would love to talk to them at some point because like for the viewer it doesn't I don't know if it comes across as well as it comes across for you because you don't you know they get to tell us in 10 minutes rather than you know you spent hours with them and it makes more sense to you guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd like to know more about it because for me, like when I'm watching them, it's like, okay, it looks cool, but I, I don't really understand.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it, it made sense to me just because I get to be a part of it. And by I get to be two hours of a part of probably months and months of research. Right. Yeah. So, but it was pretty cool to hear they were, they were just so fluent and, you know, um, they were really confident in their work. So every time I had a question and I need to calculate something, they were just, there was no second guessing. They just knew and they knew how to answer it and everything just the came together so well for that war room. So based on all of their research and that little bit that I just chucked into CAD and calculated and not chucked in, but I calculated in CAD and and it worked out really well. Now we found a lot of stones and rocks in the swamp. We hit a huge one on the Arcadia point. And I believe if I remember correctly, didn't Dr. Spooner, and they would have, aired, I believe this air, didn't Dr. Spooner find a um, a twig under that?
0: Uh, I'm not sure if it was that rock, but yeah, they definitely found the twig. Uh.
1: They're they're sticks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because that was one of his major data points that he presented on the last episode of the season. Mm -hmm. You know, that could have dated it back to 1200 or so, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah,
2: Yeah, like the swamp is old and it appears all to be man made. So why are we finding sticks under rocks?
0: Good question. Yeah, that's something Um, else we wanted to chat with you about as far as uh, working with Dr. Spooner out in the swamp and all the stuff you did out there. We saw you out there multiple times. You were wading through the water, helping uh, them do GPR over it back and forth. mm -hmm. We saw you uh, in a boat while Gary was doing his uh, prodding.
1: prodding?
0: Well, he was like, Gary was doing some... um...
1: Yeah, with what looked like a giant cross he was holding. It's a whole different (laughs) type of Drayton's cross. (laughs) But, you know... You've spent a lot of time in the swamp.
2: Yeah, I it- did. I spent a lot of time.
0: Is it really as stinky as uh, Marty says, or is he just kind of like...
2: Oh, no. It's, I mean, it's stinky. Oh, okay. it, it depends on where you step, too. It's like you step on these little gas pockets and they release just this torturous death smell.
0: <laughs> torturous death smell. Uh,
2: oh, other right. spots aren't that bad, but the swamp itself can be pretty stinky. Um, okay. It's when we were with the GPR guys, it was a cooler day, I remember, and we were dressed in jackets and hats and stuff, and it wasn't so bad because it was cooler, but if it's a hot, stinky summer day, and it's humid in Nova Scotia, it's, it's pretty nasty. Ugh.
0: <laughs> that does not appeal to her. I had she no pro-
1: desire to spend time in the swamp, and then they started finding things, and I was like, <laughs> fine. I don't have to smell it from here, so go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think I would... I'd be fine working in the swamp. Because I'd, I'd you be, smell? Probably. <laughs> but because I, I it, the smells don't get to me like they get no, to me.
1: No, no, so, not at all.
0: Yeah, the, the swamp fascinates me. In season six, they talked about, the first episode, they talked about the big three, the swamp, mm-hmm. the money pit, and Smith's Cove. And then they didn't do anything in the swamp. So when we got to season seven and we hit the swamp hard, it made me really happy because I've been looking forward to getting, you know, to- seen you guys work there, you know, and so we got a lot of it, and we're, we're extremely pleased with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So. The swamp was huge this year. Um, it, I don't know which park consumed more time. I guess it depends on who you talk to. I would say the big three consumed an equal amount of all of our times. Smith's Cove was a huge undertaking. Um, Money Pit was a huge undertaking, and the swamp was a huge undertaking. And, I mean, we spent... It didn't matter really who it was. We all interchangeably spent a lot of time between the three. Um, I didn't mind the swamp. I spent a lot of the first – I spent a lot of time throughout the season in the swamp. Um, I didn't mind it. I don't mind being in the swamp. I didn't mind getting dirty. It's not so bad. Is and it? I wouldn't drink it.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, I <laughs> wouldn't drink
0: it either. And that's, that, that moment with Rick t- sipping that swamp water, that was really bad.
2: You were But there. Rick's tough, right? That wouldn't hurt him. He's tough. Kill the rest of us, but Rick, man, that guy—he's—he's he's tough. There's something he He's just tough. tough. No words to describe how tough he is.
0: He looks tough. He does. He is. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had—he got sick last year, in, like in season six, yeah. or was it season five? It might be five. Yeah, it might have been five. But then he like came back stronger than ever, and um, yeah, he's just
1: maybe superhuman. Actually, he's got
0: to be one of the hardest working people, Seriously. like um, on the planet, not on, the guy, planet. on, on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: He's, he's got so no quit.
0: Yeah, he's so dedicated. You could just see it in his eyes. He just Mm -hmm. is so passionate. And uh, we got him right here. Like, Rick. Yes. Rick is awesome. We love that guy.
1: Yeah, seriously. But heavy on the swamp, okay. We started the season with a ship-shaped anomaly. Mm -hmm. What are your feelings on said ship-shaped anomaly?
2: (laughs) Well, we didn't hit it. But we did find ship parts. (laughs) You did. Um, But we didn't hit it in the drilling. So we didn't really get an answer one way or another. Um, I know I did listen to the Laird interview and I did hear Laird say he doesn't believe there's a ship. So I actually don't know what to say. I know that the data that we collected this year in terms of drilling, we missed or it's not there. Um, But that said, I do believe that that was once an open cove used for boats and ships and it the swamp is somehow connected to that paved area. So that's something I do believe. I do believe it was used for boats and ships. And uh, we just don't know what it was used for.
0: So you don't think it was a open, like two separate islands that were filled in at one point, like as far as like man-made filled in, it would have been just like a, an inlet of sorts. And then the paved area was for offloading. attached to it it be,
2: Yeah, I sort of say that in the final war room. Okay. Um, and I touch on how I think it was just an inlet. So basically, up into the paved area or the peninsula that we stand on a lot, that's Fred Nolan's Peninsula. He pushed that out during his research. And uh, I think that was probably an open cove at one point connected to the ocean. Mm. And it was used, potentially used for an inlet for boats, small ships to come in and out, maybe deliver whatever was going on in that period, right? Like, You've, you guys have seen the dates now. We're talking twelve hundreds.
0: What was that going swamp look?
2: Twelve like hundreds. So.
0: Yeah. Well, what's going on on Oak Island in the twelve hundreds? Like that's like before Columbus. You don't know. That's way before Columbus. <laughs> uh.
2: Like we did. So the thing about this year, we did so much work and we get so many answers, but now we, it's like we're back in the same boat because we did all this work and get so many answers, but it led us in a different direction, or not in a different direction. It just gave us more data mm-hmm. to work with. And now we're working with real dates that are what ninety nine point nine percent accurate. So, you know, we've got wood in the money pit from seventeen hundreds. We've got the swamp in the twelve hundreds. Like, how do we connect those? And that's that's really the next part of the search is how do we connect those? What does the solution channel have to do with it? How come that tune moved? Um, let's go back to the, you know, the, the potential uh, tunnel at fifty two or fifty four feet. So, how do we connect? with those dates because we have dates now that confirm them and we just need to tie those three places together if we can if they're connected
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: yeah a good it, point. it's funny to hear like marty talk about you know he he just would have never expected so much stuff like you had that timeline on the last yeah. episode he wasn't expecting to have nearly that much stuff on the pre-1795 timeline and now like it goes off of the table okay. basically with the 1200s and everything it's just like <sighs> You know, you're—it's mind-blowing stuff. Like, what what was going on? What were people doing there? Mm-hmm. Why is there, um, you know, the uh, paved stone area? Oh my gosh, like, that paved stone did, area! What is what happened there? Like, I, I know that you can't answer, but I mean, us, it, but we don't know. Yeah, it, it all it keeps us all on the edge of our seats, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what we love about it. So,
2: the the paved area itself—I mean, it's it's—we could go back and probably do a season's worth of work just on the paved area. Because it's this flat surface, and it's roughly plus or minus a little tiny bit, it's roughly 80 by 170 feet. So 80 feet east-west and 170 feet north-south, and it's just big rectangle. Like, what is it? And it's really well constructed, and it's pretty flat um, in terms of elevation. There's not a lot of elevation difference mm-hmm. over, over the paved area, and so it's this big flat surface that's connected to one once what could have been an open cove. So how does that play into the Money Pit in Smith's Cove and the Uplands if it does at all?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something funny about um, when you first started, when the show start, first started showing us stuff about the paved area, we had Tony Sampson. Uh, he had uh, kind of discovered it mm-hmm. as far as the show showed. And then we had Gary out there doing some stuff. And then when they start, when they finally drain the swamp and we have, um, who was it? Um, oh, we had Craig out there and he's like, you know, this wasn't, isn't what I was expecting to see. And he seemed almost disappointed with it, everybody but, did. but then everybody, then it just went, you know, like, so it, it became such a big thing, you know, uh, the eye of the beholder, like saw something different at the beginning. But then when you started learning more and more and more, it was just kind of mind blowing and, and pretty amazing. Right.
2: And, and we connected the paved area, if I remember correctly, because I'm pretty sure we had a war room about it and i think it aired because i remember seeing it in the commercial where doug and rick go to is it was it lewisburg mm-hmm. yeah and we connected the structure of what they had and their their rock floors yeah uh, it felt very similar to our paved area
0: so yeah, for the they had it
2: made sense
0: yeah and then they had like those big carts that um oh, yeah. they had with the huge wheels and that would have been you know uh, i think doug said uh, that's the kind of uh transportation vehicle of the day that could have easily moved over those kind of paved stones mm-hmm. you know like they wouldn't have just got stuck in a rut if uh you know yeah the way the way that they moved back then uh with those giant wheels how they would have moved over the paved area so it's just amazing i don't know yeah i
2: mean as you can see there's a lot of work you guys know that i mean drilling down doug's out there right like so you guys know doug's out there doing research never stops
1: never um can't we're just waiting for
2: this virus to go away or we get a vaccine or Sometimes. you know some restrictions be lifted and you know i'd like to be back out there helping them but like you guys can see we, we have you know you hear it a lot but it's the truth we we do all this work we get all these answers but it, it almost gives us more avenues to go down so we we get so so much information and it just gives us more questions than answers and you hear that a lot but it's the truth
0: yeah well people love oak island and as long as you and the rest of the team are out there you know doing your work and showing us what even could be uh we're all going to stay here and watch it right oh yeah i I mean going anywhere the, the fans aren't going anywhere they're so invested they love it so much and um we just hope that uh um you know history channel prometheus and uh marty and craig just keep uh, funding it all so that we can all continue enjoying right one of our favorite pastimes which has become uh, oak island stuff so yeah you know
2: me too
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i bet yeah. um okay let's get back on some of our other questions though sure so very curious if you had a chance to do someone else's job on the island to learn it to do it to be that person for a day or a week. Who would you be? Ooh. We ask the hard questions here. So I work with
2: everybody, right? Yes. And um, so I get a little bit of taste of every, like what everybody does, mm-hmm. which has been great for me. I don't know. Like I really like what Laird does. Mm-hmm. I like the archaeology. Mm-hmm. Going slow doesn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I thought that because Laird's not really slow. Like that trowel, he can go to town. Like he can dig a hole with that thing. You should watch him go. Like. I could never do that, but I enjoy that. And then Laird comes up with these crazy things, like, you know, just pottery and stuff, but it's crazy when he pieces it all back together. Like yeah. go on his Facebook page and take a look, he pieced something back together. That was crazy. great. Like, right? It's fantastic.
0: Wow. wow. You know, I think Larry might be pretty good. that you're into uh, archaeology. He thought that maybe it was only Jack Bagley that was interested because he said that Jack would be a good archaeologist.
1: He did.
2: Oh, i'm probably not a good i'd be awful but (laughs) i enjoy
1: he said he needs more of you guys it's just that you never got you couldn't stay anywhere for any period of time so we don't know if you're a good archaeologist or not i'm
2: probably not but (laughs) but i did enjoy it and i do enjoy being at the table with terry because terry and i again so in terms of search research terry and i work really closely like terry terry myself doug and craig uh with rick Scott, oh, that's sort of like the research. It, it just keeps on going and I'm probably using names, but um, a lot of us can do the research, but I work a lot with Terry in terms of the money pit research and I like to be in the money pit.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, money
2: money I, I would be Laird or Terry.
1: <laughs> cool. Okay, so do you feel with any type of certainty that there's still a treasure there? Or that there was one ever collected, or that it's just collective madness or
2: so, We get, you know, you've seen the dates from the old wood right that predates what we believe to be are right around the same period as we believe the money pit. So um, my theory is, I don't really have a theory, but my the data that I've collected suggests one of two things. The money pit exists the treasure is there or it's moved. Well, I guess it's going to be three things. The treasure is still there and the solution channels pushed it um, or it's gone. So it's there, the money, the channel pushed it or it's gone. There's my three things. Um, I think the channels pushed it. I think we probably have enough evidence to suggest that it for sure existed. And um, I think that we're probably on to the same belief because we all want to keep searching that it's been moved by the solution channel.
1: Okay. So, cool. what do you think or hope it is, though?
2: I don't know. I know. I can't even. I don't know. That would go to Rio.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: don't know. for me, it doesn't matter um, because I don't know. Like it's <laughs> not that it doesn't matter. I, whatever the guys want, right? If they want their riches, they can. They can have their riches um we know to me it would would just be about finding it right so to me it doesn't matter what it is i just want to find
0: it Mm -hmm. yeah well um it's funny we were talking to vanessa last week and she's like i don't know if i want to be the girl that pulls up the ark of the covenant i kind of do but i kind of (laughs) don't it's pretty funny
2: (laughs) i think if i had to lean towards something i would pick that
0: yeah i think that's what i want it to be
2: yeah something really valuable in terms of just knowledge that just nobody knew, right? So I think that might have more value to the world than a treasure.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, But I'm not the one who benefits from that. So to me, it would just be, I just want to find it.
0: Yeah, well, you guys are like, you could be rewriting history. You know, that's a big deal, right? uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, right? Yeah. And so you're finding stuff that proved that, you know, not necessarily Europeans were, uh, doing whatever in the swamp with the paved area, but somebody was, could have been Europeans. Who knows? Maybe. Across my fingers that it was, eh. but I just hope, I just hope that you guys, uh, are rewriting history. You know, that's going to be yeah. the thing that lasts the longest, right? Like if you rewrite history, then that's the history
2: from then you're
1: on. in history books. <laughs> yeah, so. Like that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it is. It, I mean, that's, I don't think anybody's looking for the, uh, you know, nobody, what's the word? Nobody, I mean, they're not going to talk about a Steve Guppel. For it, me, it's okay. just being a part of the team that finds it. Right. So, um, it, it would be cool to be a part of the team that finds it. your name will be. And in. I, there.
0: Oh yeah. We won't let anybody forget it. That's right. <laughs> so, so that's awesome. I, I mean, um, another part of Deidre's question was, uh, you think maybe it was, um, it could have been found and just not documented. Maybe like a Samuel ball went in there and found it I, to me. It's, nope. that seems a little far fetched because it's so deep that you guys are thinking we that know. it could be. And I don't see one guy, you know, cabbage farmer digging down like 100, part of it,
1: 150 rooting feet rooting by him. himself.
0: I know you're rooting for him, but I'm rooting for him. Okay. I'm rooting <laughs> for Steve and the guys. You might be rooting for Samuel ball, but I hope Steve and his buddies find it first. I bet
1: they
2: will. <laughs> well, here's some, I, I think if somebody were to go to the effort, there would have been an historic record somewhere where the money pit was left open. Could you imagine digging 130 to 220 feet deep? You know, that, that's some of those shafts, right? 120, 130 feet. Um, if it's down in the solution channel, it could be 220 feet deep. Could you imagine somebody digging a hole and then filling it back in just for the sake of filling it back in? Who cares about filling it in? Yeah. Run. Yeah. You're rich,
0: cool.
2: right? Like take it and run.
0: That makes more sense than almost anything that uh, I've heard. (laughs)
1: Okay, but if that was not the intention of the way to receive the treasure, there's gotta be an easier way to access it than digging that deep. Right? I mean, you're not gonna, if you want it to be retrieved, I don't think you're gonna expect yourself to go dig 200 feet or whatever.
0: Deidre wants her backdoor theory, or the backdoor theory, or I want a backdoor. She wants the hatch from Xena's map to open up and go lead to a tunnel that's nice and uh, brightly lit okay. on the right day, with the sun shining down the uh, yes. the tunnel, and then you can get it, right to the money It'll be pit. a beautiful
1: moment. <laughs> oh man,
0: <I'll> find
2: it. <laughs> What's that say it again. I said I just for us, we just want to find it. So um, I think yeah, that's what this search is leading us to. And I think most people would be on the same boat this year in terms of and the pun was intended for that on the same <laughs> boat. Um, (laughs) nicely that uh, it it, you know the money pits a real thing and the treasure is lost in the solution channel and i think that's what keeps us all going the tunis sort of right
0: yeah and you guys are going to find it
2: i hope so i think we're right there right like i think it's close
0: for sure
1: that solution channel i'm telling you after the, the finale we had quite a conversation about just like wow I, I just didn't believe that was a thing that could happen.
0: Yeah, I just it didn't even cross our minds ever that there could be just like a, a, a muddy river flowing beneath the uh, I talk about uh, well, but whatever.
1: this is just nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh, let's see here. So which member of the fellowship would you like to take on as a surveying apprentice if you had to? Peter Fernetti.
2: He'd be good. yeah he'd be good I mean Alex is an engineer oh. so he would just sort of take over <laughs> right, right, like Alex is so smart um, if I was going to work with every, anybody day in and day out I'm going to take the purse. I don't know that's a tough one and Jack I'll tell you some survey assistants they can make or break you and that guy Jack there's no quit right like he'd be a good survey assistant I believe because he just go, go, go. What you see on TV, that is Jack Bagley, right? Like, he's passionate. He digs holes faster than anybody. And, I mean, as a surveyor, that's what we want. We want somebody to dig a hole and pound something in and move things around. And, I mean, Jack Bagley, he's the guy, right? What you see with Jack is what you get. I think i take Jack.
1: Jack attack. Or Scott. Or Scott. Scott.
2: Scott's good. But Scott's the boss. He just want to take over. So What's I'll like, take Jack.
1: I was going to say, <laughs> is Scott going to listen? though
2: i don't know he'll let me know later if he watches this i'm sure he'll send me a text or something
1: (laughs) okay well i'll be filling out my surveying assistant application and sending it over shortly um you don't like
0: math so stop it's not gonna work
1: he can do the math (laughs) okay i'll just run stuff around and dig holes it's totally fine it's totally fine i have it all figured out
0: all right (laughs) all right hey um do you have any fun moments you can chat about concerning William Shatner's appearance on Oak Island this year?
2: I, I mean, I liked him. It was pretty cool eh, to meet William Shatner. I'm a surveyor sitting in a war room with William Shatner. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So cool. Yeah. He's it awesome. was, it, if we talk about the moments I was nervous, mm-hmm. war, my very first you know, episode, and then you know, you're know, you in a room with William Shatner. Right? <laughs> He's been doing it longer than I've been alive and he's really really good at what he does
0: yeah 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 he was fun yeah. to watch he was fun it was fun to see him uh ask his questions and then get to experience kind of like you know you guys laying it down for him like showing him hey this is why we think of this you know whatever uh-huh. it, was just, it was fun to watch for as viewers yeah
2: yeah he, he was pretty good he was good to me right he was nice and he took the time to get to know each one of us so um it was pretty cool I mean I get to meet William Shatner
0: pretty neat. I mean, how You have the I, coolest job ever. Yeah, I bet <laughs> you didn't think you were going to be doing that you know, 3 4 years ago.
2: No. No, no. If you had asked me 3 years ago, I would have been at Cogs probably for the rest of my life and uh here I am 3 years later, you know, working for Rick and Marty Lagina and meeting William Shatner. So how cool is that?
0: You have a pretty cool life. Wow. A really cool life, yeah. Um, And you get a good, you get a dig for buried treasure. I mean, you get to be part of the team that digs for buried treasure. So, I mean,
2: I mean, truthfully, that's, that's the most fun. The most fun is the research. Like it's so intensive, but we get along so well, right? So everybody gets along and nobody's I've said it a hundred times. We don't step on each other's toes. We just work well together. And Scott keeps us flowing and Rick keeps us flowing and Marty keeps us flowing and and Craig keeps us going. And that's, to me, that's the most fun. It's more fun than, than anything that I've mentioned is just the research and then the things that we find, you know, finding this wood and getting the dates is fun. I know people want us to see us hit treasure, but when we hit dates from the 1700s and wood, we love it. That's our search treasure really to us.
0: Yeah. Well, you think about it, like, what is that doing there? That does not belong there. Right. So, I mean, it's a huge mystery.
2: I mean, for us, shaft two did like, so you, um, I'd say did belong there because we calculated that and we hit it again so that goes but you're not you're not wrong um but i'm just going to expand so that's shaft two was a lot of work um with you know doug again the same crew the same crew i've mentioned a hundred times mm-hmm. um and we took that time to calculate and then bang 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 we've got wood and it dated to what we wanted it to date at so you can't make those things up
0: yeah, yeah. That's well, just crazy. it's just impressive stuff you know okay so like shaft two that's something that's uh something that was uh dug by daniel mcginnis and his team right and so mm-hmm. um, the fact that you were able to triangulate upon it, it dig down, find it where it was supposed to be. And then. Um, I don't know, it's just it, it's mind blowing what you guys do, because. Uh, and then you add into the other um, element of maybe some kind of watery channel being down there and moving things around a little bit, you know, maybe it's almost lucky that you uh, come across uh, Shaft 2 where it's supposed to be mm-hmm. because some things aren't where they're supposed to be and right. that's got to be really maddening and probably pretty cool when you do, uh, when it does all work out.
2: It does and so again when you start lining up this historic data that the research team really puts together and you start calculating and overlaying and scaling and putting it on the ground and then digging it up and it's really cool when something we find something where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's and fun. even when we find something um when we hit something and we're not looking for it that's a pretty cool moment too
1: yeah i bet i bet that's it's cool, a surprise <laughs> it's a sweet little surprise
0: yeah you know it's been fun that we haven't we haven't touched on gary drayton and it's fun to see him just get so excited every time he finds just whatever you know it, is he uh that excitable like all the time like or is he uh do, we, is there, do you ever see a serious side of Gary Drayton? Right.
2: right. I mean, you do. Everybody out there, I think, has a serious side. Gary's very passionate about what he does. But, I mean, what you see with garys that's Gary, right? He's very much like Jack. It's the passion's real, and they're excitable guys. And I think that's why they work so well together. I mean, you get to see a glimpse of me work with Jack for maybe a couple episodes, was it?
0: Yeah, on the wash and, table. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and okay. that brings some excitement out of me. I mean, he's an excitable guy, right? So... The two of the two excitable guys together, it's just a a recipe for passion, really.
0: Yeah, they're almost a dream team. Like, I don't know if you've, uh, if you, I think you have a a version of it up in Canada, but there's a show called The Amazing Race. We think that Jack and Gary would be an amazing team for The Amazing Race, racing around the world, uh, figuring out uh, the clues, doing the challenges together.
2: They would be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. They would be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart.
0: Maybe you can run the Amazing Race with Steve, or uh, with, with, Scott Steve no, with Scott Barlow. No, he Scott Barlow is here.
2: Yeah, wouldn't that be I fun? think we'd win, actually. Yeah, really? no, I actually think I would win that.
1: Hey, let's nominate.
2: Yeah, let's like, let's, let's put in an application.
1: Happen. Let's make this happen. This, this would be rad.
2: <laughs> Scott's a smart guy. I would do the Amazing Race. There's very few people, right? Because I have a big personality. But I would do the Amazing Race with Scott, and I think we'd win it.
0: That'd be great. Hmm. You guys would be... Uh, you know, you're already on a big TV show. You could bring those viewers to the Amazing Race. It's a match made in heaven. You can bring more people to watch the Amazing Race just because of what you do on Oak True.
2: I don't. The sad part is nobody's flying anytime soon. I
0: know. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe next year. <laughs>
1: it gives us time for a campaign. Yeah. Right. So perfect.
0: Perfect. It,
1: it's like the worst meant to be. Okay, wait, you mentioned working at the wash table with Jack. You've spent a lot of time at the wash table, and you're pulling up all kinds of stuff. Like, it's Eagle Eyes Steve over there. (laughs) So are you spending a lot more time at the wash table? Or...
2: Well, so that's the end of the year, right? I I don't know what month. It all sort of mingles together because we work such long days. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, October, November. I don't really remember. Maybe it's probably October. And um, so the search, as Rick called it, the research and development, it's over. Mm. We're in the treasure hunting stage. So there's not a whole lot left to do in terms of, you know, the swamp work is probably done. Uh, Smith's code is probably done. And at that point in time, it's Jack and I work together. So let's put Steve and Jack together and let them search. And we worked well together, mm-hmm. right? Like we found a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff.
0: Well, somebody's got to go through the spoils, right?
1: Right.
2: Yeah. I love it. Dan Henske was pretty good there too.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So what was Dan Henske using? Yes. Like he, you gave him a little tool, and he starts picking through the spoils with it. And was like, "Is that a bone? Like, what is that? Like, is that it a, a stick. Huh?
2: He had this little stick. I just think it was a stick. Oh. I think I remember. It. it looked like a little wishbone, really, like off a of turkey, yeah. just a big one.
1: It but it was just. A
2: <laughs> but he was really efficient with it.
0: Hey, don't. Don't question Dan Henske's methods. You you know what he's capable of. He is. A I know. Genius,
1: okay. But I was so impressed. He walked up, and Steve instantly knew. He said, "Do you want your tool?" And he <laughs> went and got it. And I was like, "Did he just hand him like a human bone or something to look through?" The Who tool did that?
2: You? was that me? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you know what Dan's tools are. You just go get them for
1: him. Here you go. You just do what you do. <laughs> That's I good. just so, didn't know how to take that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you just so sometimes you just uh do for Dan. Come on, he's like uh he's the senior member of the team now, of and he just knows everything.
1: If Dan needs it, he, he does, does know everything. everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would love to just you know, if we were coming there this week like we would would have hoped, he mm-hmm. would have been someone I would have loved to just uh if we could oh, get God. a couple minutes of just to. Chat about whatever because I would just love to hear about whatever mm-hmm. from, from Dan Hensky. So, okay.
2: all right. Um, hey, guy. super smart. So, yeah. I'm sure you, he would give you guys an interview. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I would love it. That would be so killer. <laughs> so amazing. Good.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So, um, let me see here. Uh, actually, we're getting down to the end of our questions here. Um, we did want questions from the uh, chat but our chat broke and so apologize uh, for that
1: some of them I'll be able to go through let's ask a couple more and then
0: yeah because we wanted to pull in a couple of questions from the chat we but still can yeah we might be able to let's see let's see what she can do but let me
1: work my magic
0: um, yeah so I heard that uh, you had um, a mishap in the swamp can you talk to us about your mishap in the swamp or is that like oh. a touchy actually-
2: Oh, I don't know. Is it just when I, I, you know, I've we've all fallen in the swamp. It's probably just that, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, it's, we've all done it. You just, it's you fall in, you get wet, you stink really bad. That's when you, and it can actually stick to your clothing and your skin. That's when you smell it.
0: Gross. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, uh. That's, yeah, that's, uh. I don't know i wouldn't want to fall down the swamp that's just me even though i could handle the smell i think i don't yeah. like to be i don't like getting dirty mm-hmm. i'm kind of like a germaphobe you know so i don't want any of
1: that uh, uh, i'll get dirty that's not bad that yeah,
2: yeah it's not that bad i'm a germaphobe the guys will teach me about that right like i was mr lysol all season
1: okay
2: well, we like any time.
0: on the island now
2: oh i do i like lysol everything constantly
0: good and good. i know they
2: te- listen I kept them healthy. They just didn't realize it.
0: <laughs> Doing your part. You, you see, you go above and beyond, right? That's right. Yeah, For sure. All right. Um, so do you, have, do you have anything you could tell us that we don't know about you that would be interesting to listeners or fans? Like, I don't know. Um, wh- like, wh- what is, uh, do you have any fun hobbies that aren't uh, surveying or uh, falling in the swamp?
2: Not really. I, I mean, I grew up playing a lot of hockey and baseball. Fun. I big leaf fan, Maple Leafs. So again, a lot of people up here are Montreal or Toronto fans. And on the island, it's a, an ongoing debate. You know, Laird and some of the camera guys are Montreal fans. So that's a big, you know, we mm. do. Doug and I are big Maple Leaf fans. So we push the Maple Leaf side. Mm.
0: Um. Yeah, don't the Canadians have a couple more Stanley Cups? They have a
2: few more, but we don't talk about those. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I need to talk to Laird because this is it, Oh, he's not a treasure hunter. never mind. That's he, right. he wanted to make sure he wasn't a, you know, quote unquote treasure hunter, right. but uh, there's this uh, treasure in Montreal that we, that I really want to go look for. And I was going to see if he could help, but probably not. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, one, this is like one of the big questions um, that like Deidre is always fascinated by this. And she, anybody we talk to about Oak Island, this is the first thing she asked them so are you a rick or are you a marty
2: oh i think i already a- sort of answered this
0: you sort of answered it uh, but
2: so i'm a i am would say a combination of the two right like i like the go-go from marty <clears throat> i like the <clears throat> sorry i like the passion from rick yeah. but i'm going to go off i'm going to say i'm a craig guy because this combination
0: that's cool that's really cool yeah I, uh man Craig, I I wish we heard more from him on the show. Yes, seriously. You know, um, because like I watch him and I could just see like him thinking hard and um, almost seeing like the numbers and stuff flashing before his eyes because you could just tell that he's like super deep into thinking about whatever is like got his attention. So is that like accurate? Because he he seems like he's very very focused. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's super focused. And often we're looking for very similar things, patterns, data. Um, something to help us. So in terms of sitting and talking and and uh, working well together, I mean, I work well with all three, I think we all get along. But I spend a lot of time with Craig, a lot of one on one time or, you know, in small groups, there might be three of us. So Doug, Terry, myself, or um, Craig, Terry, like interchangeable. But I work a lot with Craig in almost daily communication, either via text or phone call or emails.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. He he's um I don't know. I I just like I said, I wish we got more of him, you know. But it'd be
1: really nice. Yeah, but, he, yeah,
0: he just seems super cool and you know, super smart. Um, so there's one guy that we haven't touched on at all yet, Charles Barkhouse. Yes.
2: Yeah, Charles. I was gonna bring him up. Yeah. He was almost gonna be my survey assistant. What's that? I was when it was uh in my head, it was uh close. Am I gonna pick Jack Bailey or Charles Barkhouse mm-hmm. as my survey? And it'd be Charles just because of the stories that he can tell you, right? Like he knows anything and everything about that. island.
0: Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I, um, he would be on t- one of the people on the top of my list to, uh, chat with at some point because, uh, we were hoping that he would give us a tour this week, you know, Right. <laughs> but I don't think that's happening now. So, um, actually I know, we know it's not happening, <laughs> but like, uh, I don't know. I just, I think that he is super cool. He's super smart. And, you know, he just knows everything about Oak Island. Mm-hmm. And so he would be the, one of the people at the top of my list to just pick their brain oh, about yeah. basically anything. Because who's going to know it if not Charles Barkhouse, right? But, uh, for serious. And
2: Charles or Dan. Between the two of those guys, they know everything. Yeah. Right? Like So if you need data or if I need data to push the research, you talk to Charles or Dan.
0: Cool. Yeah. They, right? he, so He seems pretty cool, too. Um,
2: yeah. He's a pretty relaxed guy. He's a good guy. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, do we have any questions Sorry. from the chat?
1: Um, so yeah, with the chat being broken, I didn't have any on that side. I do have a couple that were sent to me okay. from listeners. Hang on. Let's see here. Aaron is asking if you know how accurate the blacksmith estimates of age age of items he looks at. So if Carmen Leg, you mm-hmm. have any idea when they're tested or what the accuracy
2: that would be a layered question unfortunately
1: yeah sorry for me i'm just going
0: to take carmen legs word he seems like he knows what it's all about
2: okay
1: let's see here okay so rose asks how deep and wide long is the solution channel if that's something you can tell us
2: um we don't we don't really know we have a an understanding of what we believe it is um but that's something we're we're going to work on this year. That's part of the big research this year. Mm-hmm. If I'm guessing the top of it, and this is pure guess, okay. So I'm just throwing out a number based on what I th- remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be 20 feet wide,
1: okay,
2: 30 feet wide. Jeez, it, it's fairly substantial. We can put some of those big caissons right down in it, right? So I would say 20 or 30 feet wide. But that's just based on a pure guess. But it's big and it's powerful.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you guys moved up from the five-foot case on to the eight-foot case on, mm-hmm. and then when we were talking mm-hmm. to, she says that they have twelve feet feet case on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it sounds to me like you need a hundred foot. But you know, we'll, mm-hmm. see we get there. we'll see when we get there.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So did you well, have- it,
2: I mean, and it's coming. And so the research we're doing now for, and that we will be doing once this is lifted. You know we don't know what the money pit search is um, and we can't really speak to it but i can tell you the solution channel would play a big role in the big dig because it's a lot of water and mud and muck moving around down there so um if we went that if we go that route we have to pick the right technology
0: yeah well makes sense i i, I don't know personally i hope you guys do a big dig but uh I know that Craig was really into that, uh, the ice thing. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called. The one, the, the ring of ice. That the freeze ring. Yeah. The freeze ring. There you go. Yeah. I mean, uh, that sounds cool. Um, I don't know if it's any better than the, uh, what they were showing on the fi- season finale. Actually, mm-hmm. I guess they showed both, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for whatever you guys do.
1: Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're just itching to, yeah, get out there
0: Yeah, we hope you guys can get out there really soon and just you know um, yeah get some get some stuff (laughs) going
2: i suspect by june or july once we start some of the other provinces have already started lifting the regulations letting people go back to work and gather i I mean we'll have a lot of cases and it's slowing i think there's less than 300 current active cases in nova scotia so yeah Yeah, we're, we're heading
0: in the United States, that's some, that's happening down here too. Some places are, you know, slowly getting back to like work and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Hey, if it's safe, let's do it, but you know, let's get safe. Right. Safety first.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah so, um, is that it? Is that yeah, that's questions?
1: about all okay. I have. Uh, the only other thing people keep asking is about Fred Nolan's maps. And we've really already touched on that, uh, Apparently everybody wants to know about Fred Nolan's maps. It's you, and your connection to them.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I can't talk a lot about them, which we talked about, but I, I did give you a little bit, right? Like he's a surveyor, I'm a surveyor, so I've seen them. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. And they've right. So um and he did some good work. I can say that much. So his work was detailed and accurate.
0: All right. Well, what about um his son? You know, we have uh Tom Nolan. Uh, helping you guys out now. So uh, had, how's the experience been with uh, working with him on the team now?
2: Tom's been good, right? Like I don't, I don't really work closely with Tom, but I talk to Tom a lot. Um, okay. cool. With the drilling in the swamp, I spent some time with Tom. Tom's really nice. Um, he sticks, I would say, a lot of his conversations are with the big guys, right? Like the Rick, Marty, Craig, Scott. Um, so more of his conversations are ongoing with them. But he's, I mean, super nice to deal with. He's given me when I've asked for information, uh, he's been very candid, so which has been good, very open.
1: Cool.
0: All right. Well, um, that's good to hear. And I guess that kind of wraps this up, right?
1: Yeah. Did hey. you, you had this.
0: Oh, well, I don't know if he was going to be up for that. I was going to um, hold up uh, each one of our Oak Island trading cards and just have you say the first word that comes to mind.
1: About that would you wanna play?
0: Would you want to play this game?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: told you. Hey, but uh, you could just start with him and just leave it with him. Rick. Awesome. Right. There you go.
2: Mr. Oak Island
0: and yeah, Mr. Oak Island. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Oak Island. Does he get a
1: sash and like the whole nine yards? Probably
0: not. Probably not. All right. So no, no problem. Um, I just want to say thanks for your time Seriously. and we're going to petition for you and uh, Scott Barlow to get on the amazing race. And, uh, next year, um, during the off season of Oak Island, of course. So you don't have to worry about.
1: Oh yeah. None of this on season business. No yeah. way.
0: Yeah. But no, I just want to say thanks so much for your time. This has been great. We, we, I don't know. This is a thrill, right?
1: Uh, a, a thrill an honor. I'm, I can't believe you said yes. Yeah. And... This, we've got
0: so much good stuff here to chew on. I'm going to listen to this podcast probably 15 times.
1: Oh yes.
2: Uh, that's a lot. We've been almost going, we're pushing, well, we've been going a hundred minutes.
1: Yeah. There you go. Wow. <laughs> wow it's like a marathon it is
0: a marathon no this has been good this has been great so um steve uh, i just want to say you're awesome thanks for your time yes thank um, you maybe we'll chat again in the future right mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know you should come and hang out during uh trivia every so often
2: it's fun it is fun you guys do a good job of trivia thanks
0: thank you yeah we tried to like lately i had been having like 10 oak island questions and like 15 General trivia questions, but I'm kind of trying to make them equal now. It's just hard to come up with Oak Island, Oak Island questions. Maybe I can send you a message and you can give me a couple. I don't know. Yeah, we yeah, can do that. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, because it's hard to like. It's easy to get like general, like you get everything you want. Mm-hmm. You can pick from anything, but when you have to do just Oak Island, I'm like, have I already used something like that? Yeah, I probably, probably. Use that question again, but. so yeah so if anybody wanted to come and participate on with oak island trivia where you can win cool prizes like these uh cool cards we've been showing off um you can come and hang out with us on friday evenings at uh what time is it at five 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 o'clock pacific (laughs) uh that would be uh, seven o'clock eastern and then over in uh atlantic time zone with steve it's uh eight o'clock eight o'clock yeah yeah so if you want to come do that please feel free to do so uh, do you have anything
1: else? I don't. How about you, Steve? Anything that we missed that you wanted to make sure people know? Kind of like Laird wanted to make sure everybody knew he didn't work for the government.
2: Oh, I don't work for the government.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good to
0: know. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, you work for. No, technically.
2: Uh, I work, oh, go ahead. I was going to make another joke. I was going to say I work for. I work for the big three. <laughs>
0: I was going to say you work for Scott Barlow, but, you know. <laughs> I do.
2: I also work for Scott Barlow. Scott Barlow.
0: Well, uh, thank you so much, Steve, for your time. Um, and I hope we uh, chat again in the future. And is that it?
1: Yeah, that's it. We'll let you go. We won't tie up any more of you. <laughs> like, I mean, thank uh-huh. you for spending that much time. Yes,
0: thanks. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much.
1: All right. Have a good evening. So, All right. thanks. Could it be... Night. Bye.